give a warm New Cove welcome to our senior pastor. <laughs> welcome back. It is good to be home. Thank you for welcoming back. I, I cannot tell you what a great time we had. I'll be able to share more later uh, as things uh, progress here at New Cove. But I am so grateful to be a part of the New Cove family. Uh, and surrounded by staff, I did not worry one bit about decisions that were being made. Uh, I had just one request of the, those who spoke, and I'm grateful for those who spoke. And I just said, don't let them out early. <laughs> yeah. However, our former pastor of family ministries, Troy Heller, <laughs> I understand you got out 10 minutes early last week. What's up with that? Oh, my word. I've always, at our last church in Crucis, I had a, 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 a one of the leadership team members. We would pray before the service, and we'd come out. And he'd say, walk in every week, he'd say, Pastor, just remember, we've never heard a bad short sermon. <laughs> so apparently Troy was on fire last week. It is good to be home. And uh, so many things, I just have such a great feeling about where New Cove is headed and what's going on in spite of all things that are around us. And uh, I'll be sharing some of those things uh, today. I want, I want to remind you of a passage that is so pertinent for my, my coming back and Karen's coming back. Philippians 1, 3 to 6 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And that, uh, if it weren't true, I just wouldn't, I'd just say, open your Bibles and let's get started. I love New Cove, and I am so grateful to be a part of a church that puts Jesus first with all the things that are going on in society we come and we say what unifies New Cove is our commitment to Jesus Christ, the commitment to his word, and to point people to Christ. And so I, I give thanks, and this literally was for Karen and I. We thank God every time we remembered you, uh, we prayed for you, and we prayed with joy, and we were ready to come home. That was good. Uh, and then verse 5, I'm happy because you have joined me in spreading the good news. You've done this from the first day until now. And it'll be 21 years in October that Karen and I will have been here at New Cove. And from day one, uh, our goal has been to share Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. And to be a part of a church that says it is important to put Christ first. And so that has been good. Uh, and then verse six, God began a good work in you and I'm sure he will carry it out until he's completed. Can't wait to share some of the insights of what I feel like God was saying to, to us about the New Cove future. And it says, and I'm sure he will carry it out until it is completed. That will be on the day Jesus Christ returns. In other words, what he said is the best is yet to come. And I truly believe that for our new cuff family, the best is yet to come. Uh, today, I have the privilege of setting up our, uh, what we will culminate our service with, and that is baptism. And so what I want to talk about uh, today is well, what, what happens when a person becomes a follower of Jesus Christ? What takes place? And why would someone want to come to know Christ in the first place? What is it that draws them to decide, I want to say no to self and yes to God. I want to do life with God, not life apart from God. As many of you who are in the New Cup family know, 
I, I was so fortunate to have been brought up in uh, a Christian home. My, both my parents loved Jesus, uh, and I was a part of an amazing church. It was just like New Cub. It was just filled full of all kinds of walks and types of people, but they were very, what unified us was Jesus Christ. And uh, it was just a great church. I loved the church and pointed people to Christ. Loved my pastor, Dr. Morris. Oh, my word. That guy was awesome. He happened to be uh, our next-door neighbor, and I've always thought neighbors, you can just walk in their house. And, and so it was not unusual. I did learn early on to knock at the door. But I would, if whenever I had a question, any kind of question, if I had math homework and needed help, I'd go talk to Dr. Morris and say, help me out. And I never knew that I shouldn't be doing that. And so Dr. Morris was awesome. And old, oh, my gosh. He was so old, he was like 45 but he seemed ancient, and, uh, and I just love that guy. Uh, I would invite him to go on vacation with us, and he would say, oh, Timmy, yeah, he called me Timmy. Hey, Timmy, thank you, yes, we'll, I'll, I'll talk to, to my wife about that. Say, oh, yeah, you can invite her if you want to. Uh, I, I, never, I never invited her. What's, what's up with that? But, but, yeah, I'd, I'd invite him to go to the Sand Hills in West Texas. There were Sand Hills, and we would, and I'd invite Dr. Morris. And, and, uh, but I didn't know till much later was that uh, he would call mom, my Mar Margaret, my mom. He'd call Margaret and say, Margaret, I want you to know uh, that Timmy invited us to come on vacation with you. <laughs> I'm assuming that that's not legit, but I just want you to know he's, he's expecting you to to make room for him on room for us on our vacation uh dr morris was an amazing guy i just loved hanging out with him he uh he was just one of those guys that i in fact i, I just loved him so much that i wanted all my friends to get to know him and it was not unusual that i would say hey i want you to come meet my my pastor dr morris he's awesome he's just he's just an amazing guy he's old but but he's still he's still amazing and and, and one of my friends say, Dr. Morris, what kind of doctor is he? He said, oh, good grief. You know, he's the kind of doctor that baptizes people. <laughs> and so from, from day one, I just thought, I want to be like that guy. What I didn't realize, whenever he would baptize, and we baptized frequently at, at First Baptist Church in Midland, where I grew up, uh, he would always say, he would end the service with, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life every time and so when my brothers and i would practice baptizing each other at alamo's public swimming pool <laughs> we would ask the questions and then we'd say buried with christ in baptism raised to walk in newness of life and little did i know until uh, i was older that he was referring to romans 6 i'll get there in just a second um one last thing about dr morris he was such an awesome guy there's many more stories, but we don't have time. In fact, we have 40 minutes today. Never mind. I'm going to make up for the 10 minutes that Troy blew. So relax, people. We're here for a while. So uh, I, was, uh, I was eight years old, and I was out pulling weeds in the front yard. And uh, that was what our discipline was whenever we would mess up at home. We'd get in trouble with my mom and say, get out and pull weeds. And uh, so, or if we, we only, I learned this once, I'm a fast learner. I'm bored, there's nothing to do. Get out and pull weeds. 
So if either you said to your board or you got in trouble and disobeyed some, somehow. So I'm out pulling weeds, and, and all of a sudden, I, no kidding, I come under conviction that as an eight-year-old, I think I've heard about Jesus, but I don't know that I'm a Christian. And if I die, I don't want to spend eternity in hell separated from God. So apparently as an eight-year-old, I thought, what's going to happen in hell is pulling weeds, right? <laughs> what, what could be worse than pulling weeds? But as an eight-year-old, that's what I'm thinking. and thinking, what, 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 what am I going to do? And so I was under conviction thinking, I don't want to die. I don't want to die and go to hell. And, and I know that I have sin in my life. I know I've disobeyed God. That's why I'm pulling weeds. <laughs> I know I've sinned. I know I've disobeyed. But I don't know that, that I've invited Jesus into my heart. And I'm not sure exactly how to do that. And, and so I, I, I went across the street. Where do you go? You go to Dr. Morris's house, right? And so they knocked on the door. And it's a, it's a wish every pastor would have come true. Somebody knocks the door, opens the door, and says, Help me, I think I'm going to hell. Can you help? <laughs> and so Dr. Moore said, Come on in, come on in. So we sat down, and he talked, went through the gospel presentation, which is what I've done with all eight of the boys that are going to be baptized. All eight of them have chosen to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And Dr. Morris shared with me about how to come to know Jesus, that there, is, there needs to be payment for sin. And you can pay it yourself, eternity separated from God in hell, or you can allow Jesus Christ to forgive you and take your place and let the substitute do it for you. So I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as an eight-year-old, and it was awesome. And Dr. Morris said, let's go and tell your mom. So we went home and said, Timmy has something to say to you. And so I told my mom, I said, I've Jesus Christ. And she said, that is awesome. We've been praying that would happen. Congratulations. Now go out and finish pulling weeds. My mom was consistent. <laughs> so the passage that we're looking at today before we baptize these eight boys, and by the way, we do allow females to be baptized as well, <laughs> just not today. Romans 6, 3-4, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. What happened to Jesus physically happens to us spiritually. When you make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ, you spiritually, your old life is dead, and now there's this newness of life. In fact, for that newness of life, I want you to know this. In the Greek, it means this word new is not new and improved. It means this, not simply an experience similar to the past, not just new and improved, but a qualitatively different life. Brand new in a qualitatively new life with the indwelling of Christ, the God who created the heavens and the earth makes his habitation in us. All eight of these boys are inhabited by Jesus Christ. And any of you who choose, have already chosen to become a follower of Jesus Christ, or if you choose to do that this morning, your old life spiritually dies and there's a brand new life that's brought up in you. Paul uses this interesting word, baptism. We've talked about this, but I want to uh, share it in a, in a visual way for you. 
Paul uses baptism to illustrate how this works. In Greek, the word translates, you know, you know this, the word baptism means to plunge, to dip, or to immerse. The word, I don't know if you know this, I had learned this while I was gone, and I don't know where I've been, but uh, the word was also, they also used the word baptized for dyeing clothes. So you would dip a cloth in purple dye, you'd let it soak, you'd let it be baptized, you'd let it be plunged, you'd let it be immersed, and it would absorb the color. So what you plunge, baptize, immerse yourself into becomes a new part of you. This, I want, don't miss this. There's two things that I really want you to get this morning. One, everybody in this room, we all plunge, baptize, dip, immerse ourselves into something or someone to find hope. Every person in this room has to make a decision on how are you going to live your life? How are you going to live with whatever's coming your way, whatever's in the future, whatever, whatever has been told to you, you have to make a decision. How am I going to live my life? What brings me hope? Is it that I, if it's to be, it's up to me, I'll just do it myself, I don't need any help, I'll do it apart from God or I'll do it with God. Everybody in this room will make a decision on how they're gonna live life. These eight boys have all decided, I want to live my life for Jesus Christ. So we've talked about this, and I'll fly past it and then quickly get to the experiment. So uh, in, in life, you have horizontal opportunities or vertical opportunities. Horizontal opportunity is everything apart from God to say, I'm going to do, I'll try to make life work on my own. I'll try to work harder. I'll try to improve. I'll try to do it myself, whatever it is, horizontal. But, but, but what we know is this, whatever you don't need you'll never get enough of think about that whatever you don't need you'll never get enough it's empty calories vertical of that of putting your hope in, in Jesus Christ he wants that is an option to, to say I'm gonna make life work through my relationship with Jesus Christ and allow him to do it so let's say this represents a life uh, immersed in Christ in this life uh, this uh, uh, cylinder represents that which is apart from God and this represents us so the Bible says and I've and I've gone through this with all eight of these boys and so they know what's happening here but the Bible says that all of us sin this happens to be a bottle of sin I've located it it's hard to come by on Amazon but anyway so some of us sin just a little, but the Bible says that all of us sin, and when we sin, it messes things up. And so just a little bit of sin does this. It just, because remember, remember what I said earlier uh, in here, that whatever you plunge or baptize yourself, your, yourself into, you become a part of that which you plunge yourself in. So some people, so let me think about uh, a lot of things. So let's just say we sin a lot. And that just makes it even worse. 
of whether you sin a little or you sin a lot, your life is all messed up. And you have to make a decision on how you're going to deal with sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, that there must be a payment for sin. And you've got all kinds of horizontal opportunities. And so you say, well, I'll just try to figure it out on my own. I'll just, I'll live life. I'll just do a better job of living life. I'll do sin management. And so I'll just soak myself in sin management and just try to do better. Or I'll, I'll just start serving. I'll go to uh, Papal City Mission, wherever, where there are needs, and I'll just try to, to do good works. But the problem with that is all it does, remember, whatever you put your life in, whatever you soak your life in, it takes on all the characteristics of that. And all it did was just muddy up the water and it didn't deal with the root problem. But the beauty of this is it says, if you decide to put your life in Jesus Christ, and allow Jesus Christ to fill your life. He will forgive you of all your sin. All eight of these boys who are being baptized, all eight of them have asked Jesus Christ to be the leader of their life. And their life is stained for him. Now, as we look at this passage, what I want you to know is this. Here's the second thing. The properties of the dye become a part of the cloth. The properties of the dye become a part of the cloth. When you plunge yourself, when you dip yourself, when you immerse yourself into Jesus Christ, then the properties of the dye, the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from all sin. And our prayer is that you would not put your hope in horizontal things. As good as horizontal things are, they're secondary. You'll never get enough of what you don't need. That you would put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ and allow him to, to take the stain out of your life and to cover you with all that's left. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. You can't get any closer than the word in. In Christ. He dwells in you. Now, all eight of these boys, I know all them and they're going to sin some more. I know one particular family of boys Yes, I had the privilege of baptizing grandsons today. So the question is, so what happens when they sin? Well, Christ dwells in them, so their sin is forgiven. And so it doesn't mean that they no longer sin. It just means that they're, they've taken a step to say, I want Jesus Christ to forgive me. Now, here's the last word I want for the Nuka family. So do we just... Do we just say, I want to receive Jesus and I forgive my sin, and then we pull up the drawbridge and not let anybody else around us 
so that we can't be tainted anymore? No. The call of Jesus Christ is for us to go into the world, and as we go, we make relationship with those who don't know Jesus. We don't expect non-believers to act like believers. And so we come around them, and the hope is that Jesus Christ is, shines through us. Let your light so shine before others that they will see your good works. And the goal is that as you, as New Cove, as we spend time in our community where God has you, wherever he's placed you around people who don't know Christ, that as they come in contact with you, life is clean because they see Jesus in you and they want to make, make a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ as well. Get it? Good. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would give our hearts to you. I pray for those who are not yet followers of you, that this morning, what they've heard and what they've seen, that they would give their life to Jesus Christ, that they would say, I choose to put my hope in Christ. Father, I pray for those of us that are already followers of you. God, may, may we uh, live our lives in such a way that people see Jesus in us and then they make a decision become a follower of Jesus. Praise in Christ's name. Amen. A couple ways for you to respond. One, if you're on uh, our Bible reading plan, there's one that talks about baptism. And my question is, now here comes Dr. Morris. Every week when he would baptize, he'd finish and he'd say, Be, he's, he spoke in King James most of the time, but he said, behold, here is water. What doth hinder thee? from being baptized. And I would say, here's water. Why would you not want to be baptized? Why would you not want people to know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? And uh, there's a cue card uh, on your seat, pack, seat pocket. You can put your phone on that and under uh, more information, you can just say, I want to be baptized and we'll contact you. Uh, or you can contact the office at newcovchurch.org. If you are not yet a follower of Jesus and you want to become one and want to have conversation, we would love to have that conversation. Same thing, a cue card uh, uh, will get you to where you need to go or just come up after the service and we would be honored to talk with you. Uh, we have eight boys that need to come on up and get ready uh, for our baptism. And uh, I believe Brett's going to uh, lead us in a song.